Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneke Wakis-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. Coming up on this episode of The Entrepreneurial You. Whenever you start a business, you are exposing yourself to, to the world. And whether or not somebody buys your product and something bad happens or somebody hires your company to, to deliver a particular service and it's not done appropriately. So there's always a risk. And this is the reason why you have professional or um, liability or product product liability insurance to protect yourself from, from being sued. Hi, I'm Henneke watkins Portal, your inspirational leader and host of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Jamaica Stock Exchange. And now let's go to today's episode. Episode 63 of the Entrepreneurial You features a partner in Hamilton Miller and Berthesel Mami office. He's an experienced corporate, intellectual property, and government transactions lawyer of over 22 years in an array of areas. He has been featured in the Daily Business Review as one of the outstanding members of the emerging generation of South Florida business and professional leaders. He's earned a number of awards, including the Greater Miami Chamber of Commerce Bill Cousin Leadership Award, M. Athelie Range Foundation Bridge Builder Award, and the inaugural Miami Foundation Ruth Shack Community Leadership Award in 2010. I'm all excited to welcome my Jamaican friend, Marlon Hill, to the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Welcome, Marlon. What a go on. What a go on, and great to be with you on this um, podcast journey and telling the stories of inspiration and transformation. Great to be with you. True Jamaican, true Jamaican. Still carrying the passport, still carrying the passport. Yeah. I normally ask my Jamaican friends to talk about, or my guests in general, to talk about their favorite Jamaican expressions, if they know any, if they're not Jamaican. But I'm going to ask you about your food. What's your favorite Jamaican food? Oh, God, Hanneke. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Two peas is a weakness. Two peas with that hint of scotch bonnet with, with, with a side of um, pear and a side of plantain. And no, <laughs> I, um, it's my fault. It's my fault, right? <laughs> Tell me. That will always do the trick. <laughs> and it must have a couple of spinners just floating. Yes, man. Some slim spinners. <laughs> and So is it with like pigtail? Tell me that it was good. Yes, yeah. Okay. I mean, and you can you can have a couple of pieces of, of um smoked uh, uh, smoked beef, beef as well. Yes, but, but, but you have to have it have to have some pigtail that you you know when you slip off the um the gumption, it just you know the gravy the gravy in the middle of the, the um the, the bone you know and you have to and, and you have to suck it to kind of make sure that you get every... oh my gosh yes <laughs> you know and um and sometimes I throw in some um cow skin. Or mm, um, chicken for skin? Yes, man. Yeah, you should try that. You should. Anyways, oh my gosh, I know that people aren't <laughs> going to hate us now. Like when they listen, they're salivating and carrying on. All we right. digress. We digress. <laughs> we did. <laughs> anyway, so let's get to the meat of the matter. No pun intended. <laughs> the cow skin of the matter. <laughs> All right, Marlon, we're going to be talking, you know, trademark and business structure and everything legal, you know, as it relates to business. But first, before I delve into that, I just want to say congratulations and 
all your accomplishments. You're raising the Jamaican flag very, very high. Uh, we're proud of you, you know, a son of the soil. You're doing extremely well. And just recently, I saw you post something on your Instagram about some award that you, you recently received. Tell us about that. Yeah, so, you know, I'm going to be inducted into my high school, Miami Southridge Senior High School Hall of Fame. That was a high school that I came to when I migrated to the United States in, in 1985. You know, a little bit of my story, I, I, I went to the primary school that my, my grandmother taught at New Providence Primary School, which is located between the Standpipe community and Hope, um, Hope Pastures. And I had such a great experience at that primary school. Um, they really set the foundation for, for, for my, my success in school, basically. And I, you know, that, that primary school was a, such a great experience. And then from there, I went to St. George's College, where where um, my academic experience really um, went to a whole nother level um, with with the being the Jesuit teachers and just being on being Catholic and being on that campus, and then my mom came into you know came into the room one you know one early summer and, and or pre summer and basically said you know we're moving from moving to Miami. And um, so I left prematurely at George's in Fort Farm and before Fort Farm started. And, and um, that was just quite a transition. And, and then went to this high school here in Miami. Um, thankfully, the high school was a pretty multicultural one where there were a lot of other kids of Caribbean descent there. And um, they had great teachers there as well. And I owe a lot to that high school. So they, they started a Hall of Fame celebration gala series last year. And a couple of my friends nominated me for this year, for the induction this year. And so they're having the ceremony um, in next month to um, induct a number of celebrated alumni from the high school. So congrats, my brother. Really proud of Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you for that. So now we're going to talk business structures and the law. What is the relationship with law to business, Marlon? The, the relationship really starts with life, then then law, then business, or whatever whatever combination of the three. Because before you can get into business or think about how you're going to structure your business, you're going to have to think about how you're structuring your life. Every entrepreneur has to start with an inspiration as, as to what is going on in your life. The relationships that you have with your family, the relationships that you have with your, your network of friends, the relationship of where you are in your, in your professional or personal progression. Um, so every entrepreneurial journey um, starts with how your life is structured before you can structure the business that you want to transform your life. Because you cannot have a, a successful business without, without having a successful life. Right. So if you, you need to get your life straight first, if you want to get your business straight. Right. So once you once you once you are able to concurrently do that, then you whatever strategies and ideas that you're going to bring to life come from having a fulfilled, a fulfilled life. You can't separate the two. If you try to do that, you're going to run into into challenges and we can get into some of the challenges that may come up. Um, but having decided that um, you finished with school or you are ready to make a professional term, turn from one profession into a life of entrepreneurship or some other business structure to pursue an idea um, um, that you have, then you have to make a decision now to, to balance those two. You know, you could be married, you could be in a relationship, you could be 
um, coming from a bad place or you want to make a change, all of those things, Henneke, have a direct correlation with how your business may be structured. Are you doing this by yourself or are you doing this with a partner? Is the partner a family member or it's a friend from school? Um, so no matter what country you're in, you know, every business starts with a person with an idea with something to sell, either a product or a service that they believe that the world needs and they can give it to the world at the best price possible. So you talked about, before we even go further, you talked about, you know, making sure that your life is straight and on. But let me ask you a question. What about those persons who, um, for, you know, they may, because life is a journey. You may be going on your path and then maybe, maybe it could be a destructive path. But then suddenly, you know, an idea came to you and you decide, you know what? this is going to be my turnaround, right? So in other words, their lives were not necessarily in order or structured in any way, but then seeing this as a turnaround and, and so on. What you say to that? I, I say to that, that that can happen. You know, I'm not saying that everything has to be perfect and structured and neatly packaged in your life in order for you to p- pursue an entrepreneurial journey. What I'm saying is that at the lights which is going to go on, whether bad things are happening or good things are happening, for you to make to, to do something different or to pursue this new chapter, right? So either way, um, you are going to have to look and do an assessment and an inventory of what's going on in your life because it impacts physically, emotionally, mentally, all of those things. You are an important piece and asset to the business. So w- whether storms or calm seas are happening, What's happening in your life impacts what you are going to be putting into the business. That, that was my general, my general point. Right. So persons are, are, are thinking about business and they're saying, you know, I don't want to go into, I don't want to do law. I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to have anything to do with law. I'm not running a law firm. All I need to do is run a business. Now, what does law have to do with any of that? Law has a lot to do with that. You, you, you are going to do an, um, an, an assessment of your environment that your business is going to be operating. So whether you're operating your business in Kingston, um, London, Toronto, New York, or Miami, you're going to be conducting a business in that environment. That environment comes with various things that you have to assess. You know, is your business um, needed in that environment? Um, are the legal structures in that jurisdiction conducive to the type of business that you want to develop? Um, what types of um, steps do you have to go through to get this business set up? Um, licenses. Um, um, is there any legal obstacles for the, the type of business that you, you want to set up that the government may have employed that will prevent your business from being successful? You have to do a full assessment of the environment and this unfortunately, or is that a reality, comes with um, whether or not Jamaican law or British law, Canadian law or U.S. law um, has the framework to help your business succeed. So law and society goes hand in hand. You know, remember, we elect people to develop or create or pass laws in order to for society to function, right? So you can't have society without law. You can't have law without society. Because then you get lawlessness and anarchy and all that confusion, right? <laughs> so, right, because I was even thinking, you know, just reflecting, I remember um, we were trying to consider whether we, you know, plastic and stuff, whether, whether or not, you know, we should um, 
there's a ban on those and stuff. And for persons, for example, who would have had a business, let's say they're in the juice business and they're using, they're currently using uh, plastic bottles and there goes a ban, you know, on plastic bottles. What that means for the entire business is that you have to know, look at your, your, your source, your packaging material. You have to look at your source of supply. There are so many things that are being affected by, by this one law. So we get your point. We, we do get your yeah. point. And we're going to go into the types of business structures that we, you know, one should consider and what is more appropriate for, you know, uh, whatever, whatever business or whatever structure that persons want to implement. Well, you know, Hineko, um, one of the things that um, entrepreneurs sometimes um, fail to do, you know, they're, they're, they're visionaries. We're visionaries. We are passionate. We, we, we are ready to shake up the world and disrupt and innovate. Um, but one of the most important things some entrepreneurs uh, fail to do is that you, you have to plan out exactly how you're going to execute your vision, right? So you, you have to think through um, how you're going to accomplish the vision with the, the financial resources needed. What are, what are you going to, what kind of operational structure you're going to need? Um, how are you going to market the business, right? So you need to have, you need to have a plan. And, and who are you doing this with? Are you, is this a solo journey? Um, do you do you need a um, partners? Um, do you need a group of people to really start the business? So, the structure, you know, irrespective of the country, sometimes you have what's called a sole proprietorship. You may have a partnership with two people or more, um, or you create um, some sort of corporate entity. And the corporate entity that you establish, you establish corporations or a form of a corporation. Because it's going to live beyond you, the persons, the person who's a sole proprietor, right? So corporations um, are established to, for two primary reasons, for either tax reasons or liability reasons, right? There's a tax benefit for the structure that you choose, corporation, limited liability company, um, or some other version that, that could be afforded in your particular country. And liability, you set up the corporation so that if anything happens from the operations of the business that you are setting up, that you individually will not face personal liability, right? You know, so whether it's Grace Kennedy or McDonald's or Virgin Airways, these corporations um, live beyond the persons or the visionaries that created them and then create an opportunity, whether privately owned or publicly owned, for persons to invest in the growth of the company. So whether or not, like, for example, a limited liability company, when the person dies, the, the business is still a growing, going concern and it doesn't necessarily die with the owner or the founder. And right. And so that is one advantage, I suppose we could say, versus a sole proprietorship. When the sole, when the sole owner dies, that's it. <laughs> that's it. And, and, and if anything happens, you take personal responsibility. And it, it depends on what, what's going on in your life. You may want a, a simple home-based business and no bells and whistles. And you may want, don't want to have to deal with the accounting, the headaches and all of that. And a sole proprietor may fit your lifestyle just fine. But it just depends on the, the breadth of the vision that you may have for the company. We're going to take a break right here, Marlon. When we come back, we're going to talk about the risk of getting sued as a small business owner, for example, and, and you know, get into the legal suits and stuff like that. So let's take a break right here. I'm going to go for some stupies and we'll come back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Listen up. If you are in Jamaica, this is for you. The world needs your voice. It's as simple as that. So start your own podcast. Visit HennekaWalkiesporter.com and sign up now to your podcasting workshop and save 1000 Jamaican dollars. Increase your network by connecting with global guests and an audience from all over the world. Hurry up. Spaces are limited. So sign up now at HennekaWalkiesporter.com and be part of the movement and ahead of the game. We needed to raise capital. But our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing, or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Welcome back. And we're talking with Marlon Hill. He is a partner in Hamilton, Miller and Berthesel, Miami office. Welcome back, Marlon. Let's continue our discussion. How was your soup piece, by the way? <laughs> Boy, I just still enjoying this nice piece of pear sliding down my throat. Right oh here, my so, gosh, so. stop these word <laughs> pictures now. It's getting, getting to all of us, right? <laughs> As a small business owner, for example, um, what are my risk of getting sued? The risk of getting sued is, is always, should always be on your mind, right? So, you know, certainly when, whenever you start a business, you are exposing yourself to, to the world. And whether or not somebody buys your product and something bad happens or somebody um, hires your company to, to deliver a particular service and it's not done appropriately. So, so there's always a risk. And this is the reason why you have professional or um, liability or product, product liability insurance to protect um, yourself from, from being sued. It, it's, always, it's always a risk when you start a business, irrespective of the type of business that you start. And you should be prepared to mitigate or even alleviate those risks um, once you evaluate the type of business that you're in and you do the, the things that are appropriate to protect you and your, and your stakeholders in your company. And talk about some of the things that we can do to protect ourselves. What are some of those that you'd, um, I mean, in a general sense, because I know it depends on the situation, it depends on the business, the type of business, et cetera. Well, I mean, certainly you... Where, where are you operating from, right? Are you operating from a place that is a sound physical space? You know, are you renting? Do you own, right? So the physical space comes at risk. Um, where are you operating your business from? Um, is, it, is it mobile? Is it, you know, it's some, you have to go to different countries or different locations to operate your business. Um, so you have to evaluate your operations and you, the, the scope of your operations is going to determine how much you are exposed and, you know, there are a number of other entrepreneurs who are, who are risk managers and sell insurance that, that can do an assessment of your business to ensure that you have the appropriate coverage to protect you in the event of worst case scenario, even a hurricane, you know, or, or storm. There are a number of issues 
or circumstances that could impact your business, it is incumbent upon you to do a full assessment of those risks and to ensure that you are your your all aspects of your um, your business is buttoned up neatly and protected. Even though it's going to cost you a little money, the insurance don't skimp. I, I highly recommend that you should not skimp on because the worst thing could happen that could wipe out all the hard work that you have put into the business. All right. So let's talk specifically now um, in this final segment about trademark registration and, you know, as it relates to uh, a lawsuit, you know, preventing a lawsuit, etc. I mean, I must say that I've had a personal uh, experience with, and, and I've always been one to protect my trademark. I know the importance of it. I've had a personal um encounter with a legal battle and the truth is i mean as much as i can speak to the case which i cannot speak to i mean much to but as much as i can say i can i can publicly say that i pretty much gave up my rights and i gave up my right for peace of mind you know um and i know had i not given up my rights then the outcome would have been different i know that for sure this is such a critical part of the entrepreneurial journey for every type of business what are you going to call this business, the brand? When you're starting off, it is so, so important. I can't underscore it enough with, with enough double underlines in red and bold underneath it, that you need to do a search on whether or not anyone is using this name or brand that you're thinking about. This is going to be the, the, the signature stamp and watermark of your business forever. You want to make sure that it is something that is unique and fanciful and no one else can make any claim to it indirectly or directly as best as possible, right? This is a trademark, the, the, the brand of your company that is associated with your services um, or the product that you're going to be. What do you have to do? You can do a search online. You can Google. You can go to the trademark um, websites of your particular country and, and put in the name and to see if there's anyone else using that name. It is something that you must do before you begin any operations because you start putting all these resources into this brand that you think is so unique and special. And then two, three months down the road, you get this friendly letter from someone saying, hey, I'm in West Milan or I'm in East London and you're using my name. This part of it is very, very uh, personal to me. Um, sure. What happens in the case where you have done all your research, but then common law takes effect and somebody uh, presents something to you to say that, hey, you're infringing, when in fact, um, they don't have... Uh, Registration yes. to, to, the, to the trademark law, Henneker. Absolutely, common law. Common law beats everything because trademark law is based on first in use, first in right. The first person to can prove that they were using it in a particular category of products or services wins over everything. But the reason that you register only is a formality. But common law beats that because when you register it, if you have to go to court to fight against someone, you can get your attorney's fees back. Generally speaking, in trademark law, that's the reason why you register. Right. So when you are thinking about your brand, you need to register your trademark, which is the reason, one of the reasons why. Um, as a part of this this um, this episode of Entrepreneurial You, I'm offering to any emerging or even a seasoned entrepreneur who would like to get their registration for trademark done in the United States in particular. And then once you get it done in the United States, if th there's 
you know, something that you are pursuing, then we can talk about how to get it done in um, the country that you that you are from. Once you have decided on your brand, Henneke, right, you have to also secure all the domain names associated with the brand, right? Buy all of them, .com, .net, .org, .biz, .tv, buy, lock, lock it up. Once you have determined that you have secured the brand, you want to also secure all the domain name because you don't want anyone else diluting your brand. Your brand needs to have a clear lane to run the 100 meter dash. You don't want any hurdles in your way. Marlon likes to see if we could go on and on with this discussion, you know, because I mean, li- persons listening or peak performers community listening, which is comprised of persons who are some are entrepreneurs and, you know, other leaders and persons wanting to become entrepreneurs. No, people go into business to make money. That's, that's a fact, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. That's a fact. No, persons wanting to, you know, startups, they don't have any money. And listening to you talk about um, registering domain and, and, and getting and buying all the domains and, and, and all of that, it sounds like, you know what, business is not for me because I need money to make money. Yeah, but this investment of protecting the, 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 the very real estate of your brand is so, so critical that you're going to have to find the money to do it. Do a partner, do a sister, do whatever you need to do to secure the funds. To, do, to, to, to secure the funds to to make this happen, because it could cost you more, could cost you more down the road. And there's other types of intellectual property. There's copyright, whether you how your website is designed, or or the or the, the the flyer or the colors that you you use associated with your brand. All of these things go into the intellectual property of your entrepreneurial venture, right? That you you're going to protect. Um, so the trademark. Is the brand name, um, the taglines? Um, it could be a color. You know, the color on the Coca-Cola can is a is a is a specific red, right? You know, so all of those things can be protected. Um, in addition to all the other creative things that that you may um, put your um, intellectual capital into creating for the company, and it's important that you invest some startup resources um, to protect them. Um, because it is something that's going to carry on for generations. Um, it's something that people are going to associate when they see it or hear it on radio or in print or online. They're going to immediately say, say yes, that is entrepreneurial you. And they come to expect a certain quality and service or product from that brand when they see it or they hear it. We, we have to wrap up right here, but I don't want to leave before I... Just kind of ask you to kind of sum up what you've been doing for the diaspora, you know, since you've left Jamaica. We know about, about the awards. We talked about those earlier. But in a nutshell, how have you been contributing to the, to the Jamaican diaspora in, in, in a very impactful way? Every Jamaican, whether in Jamaica or whatever part of the world, we are part of a global population of a brand, Jamaica. Right. So we're not 2.6 million people. We are like 7 million people. So that is the Jamaican market, the Jamaican brand. And that is what you consider the Jamaican diaspora. The Jamaican diaspora is a esoteric spreading of Jamaican essence all across the world, right? And whatever, however, whatever I do as Marlon Hill or you do as Henneke or whoever, whoever you are as a person of Jamaican descent, born in Jamaica or blood of Jamaicans in your veins, you are considered part of the Jamaican diaspora. And so 
the work that we do in our various businesses or our community work and how we conduct ourselves has something to do with that brand. Whether we're behaving good or behaving bad, people look at Jamaicans as a brand, right? So they make decisions as, as to how to associate with us based on what we do to protect the brand. You follow us? This, this not only has to do with our individual businesses, you know, this has also to do with us as a people. So it is incumbent on our business community and our private community. Uh, if you are thinking about starting a business as a Jamaican, that you think about it on a global scale, not just on an on-island scale. And this, this is what we're trying to convey in this whole conversation of the Jamaican diaspora. So what the government does or what the private sector in Jamaica does should be thought about in a global context because we are a global population as Jamaicans. I like to tell people, you know, that I am domiciled in Jamaica, but I'm a citizen of the world. Exactly. You know, I, I love that. I love that. So we've been talking, I've been talking with Marlon Hill. He's a legal expert, um, raising the Jamaican flag really, really high. We're proud of him. And I'm um, just going to ask you, you know, really thank you so much for being on the Entrepreneurial You podcast. And just going to ask you, Marlon, to leave your social media handles and your website and so on, you know, where our listeners can find you and interact with you. And then we're going to also include in our show notes how to get that uh, trademark registration for your company that you have mentioned. So go right ahead and share that with us. I am a very transparent person. And with the technology these days, people can find you. Um, you can definitely find me at um, our law firm, Hamilton Miller law.com we have offices as well in kingston and puerto rico and virgin islands and the bahamas we do a lot of work in the caribbean um so you can find me there my email address is there the phone number is there as well at the website my cell number is b 5244 you can text message me you can whatsapp me if you want as well marlon hill you can find me on twitter um we like to use social media in, in effective connect um, engaging ways marlon a hill on twitter you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on LinkedIn. There should be no reason why you can't find me to connect with me um, for us to do some work together, whether as, as clients or just helping each other to be um, successful. Great. Awesome. So once again, thank you so much, Marlon. And I wish you all the success as you continue to raise our Jamaican flag high, but not just for Jamaicans, for the U.S. as well, for the Jamaican diaspora, for yourself and your family. Thank you. Thank you very much, Haneka. Thank you for having me. And now we have to schedule our Stupies date. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So the next time that I'm in Jamaica, we're going to send out the note to everybody that we're going to meet up for, for um, Stupies. A, a, a Stupies boat. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to The Entrepreneurial You. If you enjoy this podcast, please tell a friend or rate and review us in Apple Podcast. To learn more about the podcast, please go to HenekaWatkeSporter.com. And of course, before I head out, I have to say a a big thank you to all our stakeholders who made Leadercast Kingston such a tremendous success. Leadercast Kingston was brought to you by the Entrepreneurial You in association with the Argier Glino Communications Group and our sponsors, Exim Bank Jamaica, Pear Tree Press, Jamaica Public Service Company, Jamaica Stock Exchange, Stocks and Securities Limited, NCUFM, and the Jamaica Chamber of Commerce. Now, that was a very special our relationship because with the Jamaica Chamber of Commerce, Leadercast Kingston was able to name 
our first leader worth following. We went in search of someone based on the mantra of LeaderCast to develop leaders worth following. And with the partnership of the Jamaica Chamber of Commerce, LeaderCast Kingston identified Valerie Grant, who is the CEO of Geotech Vision Enterprises, as our inaugural leader worth following. So congrats to Valerie Grant. As well, I continue to say thanks to my awesome team, my core team, as well as those who supported on the day from university and college ambassadors. Senator the Honorable Royal Reed, who is the Minister of Education, Youth and Information in Jamaica, he gave opening remarks. I mean, we made the news on Par 106, got featured on GIS and so on. So it was a tremendous day. It was a tremendous success. And I thank all the stakeholders for making that happen. My name is Henny Kawaki Sporter, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn just by putting in Henniko Watkiss Porter. Remember, you were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. What good 